1: I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape, however you want to be successful. It doesn't matter to me. One less weed, one more flower. Cool. I'm all for you, and I can help you by calling 404-872-0750. I can also help by giving away the weekend prize pack, Ashley Frasca. thinking of a number between one, or let's say two and seven. She'll think of a number between two and seven that will determine which caller wins four passes to the advance screening of Spider Man Homecoming on June 28th at Regal Atlanta Station in theaters in July, July the 7th. So you get an advanced screening on June 28th for the July 7th opening. Plus, a family four-pack of Gwinnett Braves anytime tickets. Good for any home game at Cool Ray Field. So if you're a Spider-Man follower, if you love Spider-Man, and want to get the first dibs on what the new story, Spider-Man Homecoming, is about. What caller, Ashley, for Who's going to win? Caller number six. Caller number six. Work for it. 404 Zero seven fifty four zero four seven four one zero seven fifty six caller gets to see spider-man homecoming and see the Gwinnett Braves play baseball it's 809 David is out in Jonesboro and joins us on morning garden David hey good morning good morning Walter how can I help David
2: uh, we have the most beautiful garden we've ever had we have a nice patch of asparagus and we're wondering when you trim that back uh, do you are you, do you let it grow till the season's over or just what about trimming back the asparagus
1: yeah let it grow let it grow till it all turns yellow in october and then you can cut it down but not a not a pruner touches it between now and october
2: okay well that's that's what we needed to know we had uh, heard both ways but that that's uh that's good we'll yeah, take care of that the,
1: then. the way it goes david is that you harvest some of the spears in the spring you've done that probably and then yeah. uh, the other spears you leave will turn into these big airy fronds which you're seeing right now the big you know top part of the asparagus plant and that absorbs sunshine and sends all that energy down to the roots and says to the roots, spread out some more. Get a little bit bigger down here. Give me some big, thick spears next spring. David wants to have some. So another thing you can do, besides leaving it alone, one thing you can do to take care of it is to feed it more than once in the summertime because asparagus, David, is a heavy feeder. And so a couple of applications of liquid fertilizer or 10-10-10 or whatever you got is going to make the asparagus roots thicker and make the spears next spring thicker and give David more asparagus to eat. So we're going to fertilize it. We're going to leave it alone let the ferns grow, and there we go.
2: Great. Okay. We've got uh, a great garden this year. It's really done great. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. The rain
1: rain has come through. We haven't had much dry weather, so life is good, David.
2: That's good. Okay, well, thank you very much. Appreciate it.
1: Tell them hey in Jonesboro for me.
2: All right, sir. Uh, Come see I us. See
1: you, we'll see you soon. Tony is out in Watkinsville. Tony joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Tony. Good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, Walter. Um, back in the uh, uh, January, I transplanted two grapevines, scuppernong and a muscadine, and I had gone to your website to see how to do that and the uh, extension service and uh, cut them back pretty pretty strong, about 60%, and then re them, and this spring they came out, I mean, just looked great, yeah, and
2: they
3: and they set a ton I mean more than I've ever seen of the I, I don't know the, the clusters that become the grapes,
4: sure
3: uh, but now uh, they just didn't set any grapes, uh one maybe maybe ten percent turned to grapes, the other one, I may not get twenty grapes off it altogether
1: Doggone.
3: yeah, and i don't I don't know if if I've done something wrong or, or what may have caused that.
1: Well, we talk a little bit about sex here. Urgh, deep subject, and it may determine exactly what's going on. Do you know what variety of grape you have?
3: I, I don't. They were from another property that was being uh, destroyed, but ah. they're big. there's a purple one and a yellow one. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I don't know the specific variety.
1: All right, well, here is my theory about what's going on. Muscadines... Have two kinds of varieties. Some varieties have flowers that are perfect, meaning they have the male and the female part right there on the vine. Everything gets pollinated perfectly and you get muscadines reliably every year. Some muscadine varieties are called female flower only, meaning they got the female flowers. They have the potential to make a muscadine, but if they don't get get pollen from some other perfect flowered muscadine somewhere in the neighborhood, then nothing happens. Nothing okay. happens. Pretty well describes what you have with yours, Tony. Right. So, my bet is that the stuff, the the ones you transplanted from the other place, not knowing what they were, that you have vines that are female flowered and you need a pollinating or a perfect flowered muscadine somewhere in the general neighborhood to give pollen to those female flowers. And then you ought to get some, some grapes.
3: Okay. So, could I go to a nursery and just. Just ask for a male Indeed,
1: it'll say right there on the label Perfect flower, it won't call them male Because they're not really only male flowers It's just simply a flower that has both male and female parts And the male part sheds pollen And it goes all over And so look for one that says Perfect flowered muscadine variety And grab that and buy it and plant it around And it will pollinate your female variety And you will get some muscadines
3: Well, fantastic. I'll I'll be out there looking for that. Would it be okay to plant one now, or should I wait to the fall?
1: If it's not too big, if it were only three, four feet tall, I'd plant it now. I think you'd get some growth on it, and if you water it, if you're not going on vacation in the summertime, sure, man, I'd plant it now.
3: Awesome. Thanks so much. Enjoy your show.
1: Sure, Tony. Thanks for calling. We've got Tanya in Marietta, who joins us on Lawn and Garden as well. Hey, Tanya. Good morning.
4: Hey, Walter. How are you? I'm
1: great. How can I help?
4: I have some questions regarding pine trees. I have three beside my house, and in spring of 2011, one of the three was struck by lightning. Wow. It is really close to the ground um, power, you know, the power source, Got it. transformer. And if the tree seems to be doing okay, you can see where lightning or the bolt carried down through and the limb where the tree was struck, it seemed to recover fine as well. Hmm. Not long after that happened, you could see where the tree bark disappeared and the you know, the skin was kind of bubbling like it had been <laughs> yeah, burnt. Exactly. But it seems to be fine now. My concern is I don't want to have a problem because it's fifteen feet from the house at the most. Hmm. And because it's in a set of three and I've heard rumors that When pine trees grow together, they're kind of like siblings. They depend on each other at the root. So I need a little education on what to look for so that I don't have a different problem with some of these storms in the future.
1: The biggest thing to look for is uh, pine beetles because that exposed bark where the lightning strike went down the side of the pine tree is open for any pine beetle wandering around to come in and make holes, and that's not going to be a good thing. So, we need to make sure as you, every week or so, just go out to the tree and look up and down. If you see any holes where rosin is coming out, little little pieces of popcorn stuck to the side of the tree. If you see those little pieces of popcorn stuck to the side of the tree, that's not a good sign. Not much you can do about it when it's 20 feet up in the tree, and there's not much you can do about it to prevent them, other than watering. And we had a drought last fall, which does make me sometimes think that we may have more calls this summer about pine tree affected, uh, pine beetle affected trees than we would in other years. But for the time being, you know what, Tanya, if the tree looks good and it's green and has needles on it, I don't think that they really depend on each other like you heard if the pine trees depend on something like siblings at the base. I'll just keep your eye on it, keep the eye out for the possibility of pine bark beetles and let's keep our fingers crossed that it stays healthy and shades the tree okay wonderful and that's about all you need to do okay thank you very much all right thanks for calling Tanya have a great day bye-bye now comes to us Noah from Lawrenceville Noah hey good morning welcome to and Garden hi hi Noah Hi. how old are you Noah
5: I'm nine years
1: old cool so what do you want to ask about your garden
5: so I have a cabbage and I planted it in January,
4: Got it. and then
5: I noticed holes about June 5th, Yeah, and I don't know what to do, because I saw worms, and they were black and yellow with green
1: moss. Oh, man, Noah. You may be nine years old, but from now until you're 90 years old, if you plant cabbage, they're going to have those caterpillars that eat holes in the leaves. That's one of those things we can't easily avoid in our gardens in Georgia. But, Noah, I have the greatest answer for you completely. Okay. I, I need you to remember two letters, and only two letters. B like boy, T like Tom. And so when okay. you go to a garden center, just burst through the front door, go over to the place where they sell all the sprays and stuff for for uh, controlling insects, and say to the people helping there, I need some B-T. For my cat okay. for my cabbage. And they'll say BT, okay. BT, BT. Okay, here's some right here. It says caterpillar killer, cabbage pest controller. And BT, okay. Noah, is very, very organic. It's safe for using, for spraying when you're a kid, for it's safe for pets, it's safe for birds, it's safe for dogs. But it kills caterpillars like a charm. <laughs> Those caterpillars okay. are what ate holes in your cabbage leaves. So, B-T, go to a nursery, B-T is what you need. Mix it up like it says on the label, put it in a sprayer, spray it on the leaves, the caterpillars will be killed, and Noah will get the cabbage he expects. How about that? Okay. All right. B-T, that's all you need. Okay. Noah, it's so great talking to you. I hope you'll call me often. Let's ask more questions and we'll get those straightened out for you as well. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Noah. It's 8-19. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Highs today in the 90s, low 90s probably. Sun and clouds all afternoon. Low tonight, 71. Tomorrow, high of 87. Chance of thunderstorms at night tomorrow, low 71. Chance of rain goes up. On Monday, raining on Monday means gardening on Saturday, Sunday. Get her done, and then you go to work on Monday with the rain coming down and be very confident things will turn out well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Rick is in Temple, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden.
2: Hey, Rick, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I'm calling because I have some cherry trees that I bought at the Cherry Blossom Festival down in Macon. Yeah planted one of them three years ago and two of them last year. The one I planted three years ago last year started, the bark started peeling at the root and like oozing. Mm -hmm. And it died. This year it came out, it bloomed, and then it just died. (laughs) Got two more I planted last year yeah, and they're starting the same same thing. It's at the face. Mm -hmm. The bark is peeling back. And actually it looks like And I'm not sure, because I'm not, you know, that much into it, but it looks like there's some bugs.
1: Hmm.
2: When you get these... Little little black things.
1: When you get these trees from the Cherry Festival down there, are they bare root, or are they in a pot, or... They're bare root. Okay, good. They're bare root. And so that would probably mean you did not plant them too deeply. Too deep planting is a very common thing with cherries that are bald and burlap, and... um, that being the case, you didn't have a ball of burlap cherry, so we're not going to worry about that too much. Uh, another thing that cherries do not like at all is being in soggy or hard clay soil. So assure me that you have loose soil that you dug up real good before you
2: planted them. Well, I did dig it up, but it's hard clay around it. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's hard clay. Now, got... I've got another a third cherry tree that I planted like in the same area doing fine it's been there for years uh and no problems whatsoever
1: all right then i have homework for you rick number one go to my website and type the word rejuvenate rejuvenate in the uh, search line it'll give you a process and a formula for how to mix things up to help rejuvenate plants that have weak root systems and i feel like that may be the case with this hard soil you planted this cherry in The second thing is, once you've done the rejuvenation, is to mulch the ground underneath. Make sure those cherries do not get too dry during the summertime. Third thing, put about a half a pint of lime around each plant so that the soil pH is raised. And keep it nice and high because that's what uh, what cherries like. We'll see if any of those three help, and I believe they will. It's 828. We'll be back right after news. It's 836 and 73 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful in your garden by giving you advice and also by giving you the greatest place to go and buy your plants, which would be, of course, Pike Nursery. And when it's the West Cobb store, you'd go to Mickey Gasway and get her advice. But today, Mickey Gasway is not at the West Cobb store. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Hey, good morning. How are you? Where are you going to be this morning? I am at
5: Lindbergh.
1: And what well, are we going to do at a Lindbergh? a beautiful
5: store. We're doing a class this morning on hummingbirds and butterflies, right. which you know the my passion. So I'm really
1: excited it's at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. Lind- 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 Lindbergh, of all the stores, is probably the easiest for people to walk to in the living right. space around there because there's so many condos and apartments and things that are just right there at the Lindbergh store. So if you're mm-hmm. listening to the show this morning and want to get up and grab a cup of coffee and run over to the store, Mickey starts at 9 o'clock talking about hummingbirds and butterflies.
5: That's right. Grab some Chick-fil-A while you're here. If they get here, I'm waiting for them. They're supposed to be here. I'm waiting for them, but they should get (laughs) here.
1: We love our Chick-fil-A's for breakfast. That is absolutely true. Yes, we do. So besides teaching the class at 9 on uh, hummingbirds and butterflies at the Lindbergh store, what do we choose this weekend for the Pike Pick of the Weekend?
5: Caladiums.
1: And caladiums is a great choice, because now is when they come into their prime, and they will stay in their prime from now until frost.
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. I just love them. They're beautiful. And remember, we had the discussion about whether they would come back from uh, bulbs yeah. last year. Yeah. Back, and about half of mine came back. So I thought that was pretty good that uh, I You up. It's, yeah.
1: I think it's half more than I predicted would come back. So. <laughs>
5: Too. I thought that's why I might throw that in. <laughs> <Yeah. And laughs> but, when we, um, we've got some beautiful ones that are already up. They're yeah. just gorgeous. All different kinds. That You know, now there's some that will actually do in sun. We always think of them as being um, shade plants. But right. there's some now that do really good in sun.
1: And like Coleus, they give you such bang for the buck because the colors are so bright. They're red, they're white, they're green, they're striped, they're spotted. they're all sorts of designs. And they're big. They're not little, tiny, okay. tiny little things. They are big plants that break like a bold statement in the landscape.
5: Oh, yeah. I love I love them mixed with ferns and hospas and maybe a few flowers thrown in with you. If you want to, you don't have to. Still get color without them. But they're beautiful plants and easy peasy. I yeah, mean, easy. the only thing they require is warm soil. Yeah. Which we've certainly got that right yep, now yep, yep, yep.
1: I think that's the that's reason great. why it's such a good choice Is because back in April That's not a good time The soil is still really Mm-mm. cold in April Even in May the soil is still a little chilly But when you get into June That's a great time to plant the in the
5: landscape that's exactly right. I love them.
1: And it, I want to go back to your overwintering, Mickey, because you said you had fifty percent that came through. Well, how did you keep yeah. them, and what did you do, and when did they come up the spring?
5: They were in a in a um, um, paper bag, okay. hanging in my laundry room. And the only reason I planted them was because I told you they were going to come back up, and I <laughs> wanted to prove my point. <laughs> but anyway, they are. They're very pretty, and I mean. Honest to goodness, they don't look as good as the ones that I planted from the brand new ones. They did come up, so they're trying anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, And I planted them a little bit early. I probably planted. I looked and I heard. I was told that the soil temperature was supposed to be seventy degrees. And uh, I looked, and as soon as it was seventy degrees, I think it was like mid-May that I saw that, but. Mm -hmm.
1: Anyway, so caladiums. caladiums. Caladiums on sale, all Pike Nursery locations, today and tomorrow, 20% off. Load up your cart, go up to the cashier and tell her this is the Pike Pick and to give you the 20% discount. Be sure you have some uh, soil conditioner, some planting soil in there to mix in, because I know Caladiums love that rich, organic, moisture attentive soil. They really appreciate that. Little and sure- they want it
5: to drain well, too. They don't yeah. like to it and went. A little
1: Sure Start to sprinkle in there to give it a little nutrition for the very beginning. With Sure Start and you're off to the races again with a plant that will give you more bang for the buck than most from now until the frost comes and kills the leaves. And if you want to try (laughs) digging them up and keeping them in a bag in your laundry room and then planting them next year when the ground is really, really warm, go ahead and try that. That fifty percent. And
5: if you do that, if you do that, send a picture of it to
1: Walter. Yeah,
5: yeah, 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 yeah,
4: yeah,
1: yeah. I hear you, I hear you.
5: But and, anyway, well we missed you last week and I'm so glad y'all got back and had such a great trip.
1: And we had a wonderful time, and we listened to you guys on the radio from England, and y'all did a great job on the show as well, you and, and uh, Joe and Winston, and I do appreciate you being my guest experts for the shows, Mickey. Thank uh, you so much.
5: Well, it was fun. It was fun, but we missed you. And uh, so...
1: So if we wanted to find this 20% off bargain on all these caladiums, all these beautiful caladiums at all Pike Nursery locations, Mickey Gasway, where would we go?
5: At com, And I we hope would. everybody will check next week. we got uh, at certain stores we're having the kids' classes. Mm-hmm. And I know we're doing them at Westcom. They're doing it at several other ones. And uh, the first one was on earthworms. The one <laughs> last week was on butterflies. And this week it's on birds. Great. So that's going to be fun. The kids really enjoyed it. So hope everybody check, check that out. check
1: the too. website, Mickey, It's wonderful talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you soon.
5: See you soon. Have bye fun. bye.
1: It's 842 at News Talk WSB. We've got Mike and Lawrenceville joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning.
0: Good morning, Walter.
1: What can I do to help?
0: Well, I was trying to email you a picture of some hydrangeas. I have three oakleaf hydrangeas I transplanted, and they were all looking great two days ago. But yeah. the middle one, just almost overnight, just went droopy on me.
1: <laughs> I love that description, it went droopy
0: <laughs> I mean, it, the two on the outside are just standing at attention They look yeah. great and they, they're doing well But that middle one, just it just dropped
1: What's going on with the roots, Mike? That's the first thing to think about
0: Well, I fertilized them um, I, I transplanted them last fall And mm-hmm. I cut them back And then I just fertilized them about a week ago okay. I have them in some soil that I think I've been pampering And taking care of Other than some kind of uh, insect or something.
1: Any chance, any chance that the soil in that particular spot around that droopy oak leaf is soggy or has more water somehow standing around it after the rains we've had in the last couple of weeks?
0: No, it's on a slope. So I've been... um paying special attention to water when they, you know, go through a dry spell, but I don't think it's not standing in water.
1: The standing in water is more likely to lead to root rot. I have a a wonderful photograph of two oak leaf hydrangeas, your hydrangeas, two oak leaf hydrangeas amongst a group of five, one, two, three, four, five, I guess. The two that I'm speaking of are droopy. They went droopy pretty quickly, and the ones around it look great. They're all happy, healthy, got blues on them. And when you look up the slope, you can see that water is concentrated at the top of the slope, and it's come down, and it's, when it rains, is all around the roots of these two droopy oak leaf hydrangeas. Huh. And they got phytophthora root rot, and eventually they went away. And to fix that, the homeowner went in and mounted up the soil there, planted oak leaf hydrangeas on those mounds to keep them up out of the water, so it drained real nicely around the roots. And they look great and been looking great for four years, I think, now. So uh, that's uh, why I say check the roots. Check the roots, Mike, because I think that is something to at least consider as to what's going on with the
2: droopies. So don't go water it today.
1: <laughs> not necessarily. Not unless you dig it beside the plants with a trowel and see that it is dry. In fact, I would go out and dig with a trowel anyway. I would just go and investigate and see what's going on with the soil. Is it soggy? Is it not? That may give you some clues about what's going on. Okay. I'll do so. Thank you. All right. Good luck with it. All right. Major. We'll see you soon, Mike. Thanks for calling. C45, Helen, in Georgia in Henry County, and joins us. Helen, good
5: morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. What's going on, Helen? I have a magnolia that's about 15 years old, mm-hmm. and it's about 20 feet in height. It has never had a bloom on it. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if there's some kind of special fertilizer that I could use, or what do you suggest? (laughs) You
1: know, Helen, my mother, my mother was 30 years old before she had her first child, me. And in the neighborhood around Fayette County, she was pretty much considered an old maid, a spinster, somebody who would just never, ever find a man, and much less have a child. It was pretty, (laughs) pretty remarkable for her to get married and have children at that age. Some people in the neighborhood got married when they were 17 and had five children by the time they were 30. Ow. Some did not. And in this case, your magnolia, <laughs> I don't want to call it an old-made magnolia, but some magnolias are more likely to bloom late than others, just sort of the luck of the draw. It depends on where it came from, what the genetics are, of its parentage, and the seeds that were uh, where the seeds came from, and that sort of thing. It is not unusual for magnolia to last 10, 15, long time before the first bloom appears. It's not unusual for other varieties, some of the ones that are selected to bloom early, like Little Jim and Teddy Bear and uh, Sim Select and Bracken's Brown Beauty, and all of those bloom early. They bloom after about five to maybe ten years on them. The Little Jim blooms at five pretty easily. So, the luck of the draw, Helen, says that your magnolias are wonderful foliage components of the landscape,
5: but the blooms, well, we have to wait on those. Well, it's beautiful. The uh, leaves are so green. Yeah. And, but I just... I couldn't understand why 15 years and it still hadn't bloomed. Well, I appreciate the
1: information so very much. If you want something to do, Helen, go to the Five and Dime store, get two big white beach balls and a magic marker. And on those beach balls, on each one of those beach balls, draw a great big black circle, a great big black circle, so they look like eyeballs. Uh-huh. And then get a piece of string and hang those beach balls up in your magnolia tree. So at least you have this great big green magnolia with eyeballs sticking <laughs> out of it. <laughs>
5: that sounds like a great idea. I
1: think I think McDonough would just love to see that. I think that would add to the decor and the ambiance of McDonough a lot.
5: Right, That sounds like a great idea.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you take a picture of it, Helen. I want to see the picture of that big magnolia tree with the two great big white eyeballs sticking out there looking at all the neighbors. I surely do. It's 848. We'll be back after this.
0: This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need.
1: And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Highs today in the low 90s, probably 90 or 91 degrees today, 71 overnight. Tomorrow, highs of 87, chance of thunderstorms at night, low of 71. The chance of rain goes up on Monday, so we get your gardening done this weekend be ready for the rains to come later on. We go to the phones with James and Tucker. James, hey, good morning.
3: Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure, James. I've got I've got an elderly neighbor who has two large oak trees. We're talking at least four feet in diameter. Wow. One of one of them's going across the street to my other neighbor's yard. The other one's coming into my yard, and it's starting to drop five inch limbs. And Ooh. we had one taken out. Uh, off her property that was half on hours, half hours, which we split the cost. These are definitely on her property, and uh, my kids play basketball out on the, in the, on, on the driveway, and I'm just trying to figure out how I should approach her, and what, what should I do to tr- maybe try and get these trees out or trim down.
1: Where did the break occur? Was the limb breakage about halfway out, or was it back at the trunk of the tree?
3: You know what? It, it was back at the, the, the one that fell recently was uh, towards the trunk of the tree. Now, these trees are about 75 feet tall. They are huge.
1: Wow. This yeah. is the kind of thing that eyeballs on the ground are your best ally. Yeah. And so a certified arborist to come in and look and just walk around and say, Here's what I see. This is a limb that's looking like it's got a canker right about three feet away from the trunk. That's the limb that needs to come out. Yeah. Um, this is a limb that seems to be a little overloaded to one side. It could be thin and the weight taken off of it, so it would not have a chance, so much chance of falling. Uh-huh. A certified arborist is where you need to go, James. And you can go okay. to GeorgiaArborist.org and find one of the tree huggers there and ask them yep. to come out and look at the tree. I think that makes okay. the most sense of anything, Georgiaarborist.org. and hopefully with a little negotiation with you and your neighbor there, you can figure out which limbs can be taken out, how to share the cost or divide the cost if you need to, and work on that as well. Thanks for calling, James. i got to go, though. The show is about to end. It's been my great pleasure to be here with Ashley Frasker this morning, who screen calls, answers questions off the air. Jason Byers, of course, kept us on the air and kept us happy and chose our music as well. You can follow Ashley Frasca on the traffic center, AshleyFrascaWSB.com, and Ashley Frasca WSB. I should say. She has more Twitter followers than I do, and that is as it should be. I will see you next Saturday, my friends, with another edition of Lawn and Garden. Stay tuned right now, Dave Baker head for Home Fix It.